Hey, if you've been on the planet recently, uh, you might have uh, stumbled across this thing called YouTube. And uh, on YouTube, or courtesy of YouTube, there's a relatively new thing that's uh, become part of our everyday experience, everyday culture. Uh, we collectively refer to them as viral sensations. Uh, back in 2010, perhaps, perhaps sort of like the first uh, viral sensation, let me take you in the Wayback Machine. Uh, six years ago, anyone remember this one? Yes, very good. Anyone concerned that I wasn't gonna pull that off? Um, <laughs> come on, I'm like Benjamin Button. Um, and uh, two years ago, and I'm not gonna do a demonstration of this one, was the ice bucket challenge. Okay, hard to have missed that one at the time. Right now, the uh, thing blowing up the interwebs is the mannequin challenge. Is anyone familiar with the mannequin challenge? Here's the thing about the mannequin challenge. I love the mannequin challenge, very, very clever. You can search YouTube mannequin challenge, you'll see M Michelle Obama and uh, LeBron and the Cleveland Cavs in the White House doing the mannequin challenge. You see all sorts of uh, great things. James Corden's whole team did one. Goes for about two minutes 43, I was gonna show it, but it goes for two minutes 43. Um, ain't nobody got time for that. And uh, on and on it goes. But here's the thing, when I first saw the mannequin challenge, and it was only, I guess, a, a couple of months ago when it first kind of started to get a lot of traction online, is I had the immediate thought that I don't ever want, and I don't think God ever wants, for us to become, as Elevate Church, to win the mannequin challenge when it comes to responding to God. I mean, there's a time for it and you can film it and you, you know, you go to phone and all that and knock yourself out. But um, when it comes to worship, which we've just done, 20 minutes, give or take, Let's make sure when we worship God that He doesn't think that we're trying to win the mannequin challenge. Instead, let's come to God with a sacrifice of praise. Let's come to God and bring our best. Let's come to God and show Him, not just kind of, you know, God, you can read my heart. And you can say, oh yeah, well, you know, Mark, I grew up in a traditional church. We didn't do that. I grew up in the Catholic church. It doesn't get any more traditional than that. You got told off if you ever said anything because, you know, you might accidentally wake God up. He's having a nap right now. You might say to me, oh, I don't do that because I'm an introvert. Uh, breaking news, I'm an introvert. It's not about what makes me comfortable. It's about what pleases God. And so let's not become a church that's gonna win the mannequin challenge. Let's not become a church that's gonna win the mannequin challenge when it comes to serving Him, when it comes to engaging with people, when it comes to giving. Yep, 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 time to give. No, let's not win the mannequin challenge when it comes to giving. And I tell you the number one thing that I don't ever want us to win the mannequin challenge in is, is, is how we respond when Jesus is transforming lives. That we hear if and when rewind, as and when we hear stories of Jesus transforming lives, let's not ever let our response to be a contender for the mannequin challenge. Now, Friday night, something incredible happened. And it was a part of, whilst it happened Friday night, and so therefore those of you that are here on a Sunday may not have known, something great happened on, on Friday night. And I've invited Chris Judd, who leads our Elevate Youth team, to tell you about what happened on Friday night, and this is an opportunity to not 
win the mannequin challenge. Hint. Okay, so last uh, on Friday night, just gone. Oh, thank you. On Friday night, just gone, we had the privilege of taking 17 people, team members, extra hanger honours, and young people to Youth Alive at HBF Stadium, um, the old Challenge Stadium. Um, and it was, it was an interesting experience. We had the week before, no kids. Sunday, we had a busload. So God was doing Friday. something. Oh, Sunday, we knew we were going to have to have a busload. Oh, so, sorry. Okay, yep. sorry. I'll so Friday, and then Friday, we had the bus. Um, and God did something really amazing. I'm sitting there praying throughout the night going, I don't know any of this music. I don't know any of these artists. I don't know anything. But I know God is real. And the guy communicating got up, delivered an amazing message. We took 10 kids. Nine of those kids made a decision that night to follow Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Now, sorry, sorry. Nine of those 10 kids... I don't think his microphone's on. Seems like not everyone heard that. Can we make sure Chris's microphone's on? Nine of those 10 kids made a decision to follow Christ. On top of that, 3,000 young people were there worshipping God. 300 lives were changed that night. 300 people made a decision to follow Christ. God is doing something in our young people. It is phenomenal. So pray for our kids. Pray for our youth. Engage. Just told them on Friday night, now we treat you like people that have a relationship with Jesus. Good. When we communicate, we expect that you know we're going to talk about God and you're going to get it. So please be praying for us as Elevate Youth. It, it's exciting. Um, I'm pumped. Good. Um, and I just know it's the beginning of great things. Good stuff. Give it up for Chris and the team as well, eh? So another area that I don't believe God ever wants us to become mannequin challenge contenders in is the area of prayer. And today we're launching a new series called Dangerous Prayers. And it's gonna be over today in the next three weeks. And actually, I'm not gonna talk or teach about whether and why you should pray. In fact, I'm gonna assume, I'm gonna assume that you already pray. Those of you that are followers of Jesus, you already consistently, somewhere, some way, somehow, consistently pray. I'm gonna assume that, okay? I like to make assumptions. I'm sure that one's correct though. It's a given. And you know, sometimes our prayers are just these kind of lettuce and tomato prayers. God, give me a good parking spot. That's okay, it's good. Ride a Vespa, always get a good parking spot. Um, uh, God, uh, uh, make the weather nice for the birthday party that we're hosting on Saturday. That's cool, good good prayer, nothing wrong with that. Uh, maybe as a, as, a, as a family, you say grace or, you know, uh, when you're having a meal, you know, God bless this uh, food to our, our bodies. Um, and, and by the way, uh, some of you don't want him to answer that because I've seen what some of you eat. And the way he would bless that food is by reaching down from heaven and knocking it off the table so you don't put it in your mouth. But uh, anyway. Um, boy, things just got really, really awkward. Uh, 
So keep praying the everyday prayers. God is interested in the everyday. He's interested in the little things. Don't lose your salvation if someone cuts you off in traffic or you don't get the good parking spot. But those are okay things to pray for. But I think I'd put them under the category of safe prayers. There's not really a lot on the line. These are not these sort of life and death, eternities at stake here kind of prayers. And I wanna teach today and over the next two weeks about dangerous prayers. The sort of prayers that, that you wanna really, really think carefully about before you pray them simply because they're dangerous. And I hope you'll join me in considering going next level and praying dangerous prayers. Today, I want you to open your Elevate app, pop it open, tap the Bible. It'll take you to Psalm 135. No mannequin challenge winners, people reaching for smart devices. Um, and you're gonna put it up on the screen anyway. Yeah, okay, Einstein. Yes, we are. But, but, but if you're an irregular here, I want you in the habit of accessing your Bible because if the only time you expose your uh, optics to the Bible is for 30 minutes on a Sunday, you're missing out, bud. Simple as that. So get in the habit. Here's the, it'll take you to, to Psalm 139. And it's a Psalm. We don't use the word Psalm sort of outside of churchy circles. Uh, you, you could call it a song. It's kind of how most of what these Psalms, it would have originally been a song. And, uh, and David, uh, the king of Israel, he wrote this psalm or this song. And the context of, of, of the psalm or the song that I'm, I'm about to share a bit from, the context was that David was, was having his motives questioned. He was being accused of having the wrong motives. And, it, and, and I'm sure many of you have had an instance or perhaps multiple instances in your life where, where somebody has, has questioned your motives. And, and here's the thing, when you endeavour to live with, with solid motives, and, and, and then, you know, we're not perfect, but endeavour to live with solid motives and someone questions your motives, that is, that, that, that is rattling. And, 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 the, and the temptation is to just knee jerk and get super, super defensive. But let's take a leaf out of David's playbook. Instead of lashing out and getting defensive and uh, flipping these people off, he actually instead turned to God and he prayed a dangerous prayer. And this is what he said to God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He stated his goal that, that I wanna be somebody who lives life with eternity in mind, lives life with God as number one, lives life according to God's word, God's principles, God's priorities. And so in order for me, because if, if I'm off, off base and not doing that in any way, I, I want you to search me, God. And so I wanna break this, this prayer down this morning, real quickly, real simply. And at the end, I wanna invite you to join me over the next seven days praying this same prayer. Let's break it down. David started by saying to God, search my heart, search me, God, and, and know my heart. And I have observed that even the most self-aware people that I know still have or have the capacity for some blind spots. N none of us 
are completely self-aware. There are some people who are more self-aware than other people, sure. But nobody is com- completely self-aware, particularly sometimes when it, when it comes to our motives. And so David modelled for us that, that, that start your prayer when you wanna make sure you're on point by saying, search me, God, in case I have any blind spots. I want you to, to, to get in there and, and know my heart. About uh, two months ago, um, I purchased a new bicycle, uh, courtesy of, uh, of uh, Super Steve and Foothill Cycles, official bike supplier to Elevate Church. I purchased a new bicycle, um, and do you wanna see it? She's a beauty. Where's Dave Bruno? How do you like them apples, mate? Especially with these pistons driving it, baby. Yep. All right. So, uh, so this this is this is a very uh, a holy bike. It's very it's a very spiritual bike. It's called a Trinity. It's a true story. So I'm not alone when I ride that bike. And uh, so so there it is. She's a beauty. Um, so I get the bike. Uh, did I mention it was uh, supplied by Foothill Cycles, official bike supplier to Elevate Church? Did I mention that really? I mentioned that. I can't remember. I, can't remember. I get so confused. And uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so I get a new bike, and and it's a different brand and, than than my previous bike. And so so you know, even though I'm kind of the same as as I was the week before, the bike's different. It's different height, different angles, different geometry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I won't uh, go to deep into that one. But uh, one of the things that is uh, recommended if you want to ride, you know, get, this is a racing bike for me, this isn't my go to the grocery store bike, um, is, uh, is get a professional bike fit. Uh, and the idea behind getting a professional bike fit is that when you're on the bike, just riding, you can adapt over time, but, but because you've adapted over time, it doesn't actually mean that you're doing things in an optimal position that you're riding it in its optimal output. And so, so it's highly recommended that you get a bike fit. So now my physiotherapist, uh, he, one of the, the suite of services he offers is professional bike fitting. So I booked in, I went to see him and, uh, and actually he, he, he over the, it was on Monday, just gone, over the weekend something happened, he wouldn't tell me what, um, and he had to get one of his uh, deputies in, a guy named James, fellow triathlete, and uh, so James did the bike fit. And so before we even, he even touches the bike and, uh, and gets out his little protractors and, and, and measures and, and Allen keys and, and stuff that I don't know how to use. He, uh, the first thing that he does is, is, he, is, he, has to, is he wants to te- uh, test you, in this case me, test my range of motion, test my sort of dynamic flexibility and so on and so forth. So James says to me, Mark, uh, here's a plinth, uh, I want you to lie down on that and we'll test your hip range of motion. So, okay, I'm a highly compliant individual. Um, I said, yeah, no worries, okay, cool. He, so he gets, he gets this leg and, uh, don't worry, these are, these are stretched down, mate, you'll be fine. And he gets it and he pushes it and, and, and my knee, my knee hit my chest and, and he was surprised. He said, huh, it's very good. Now, I don't know if it's very good. Uh, these are the only knees I've had and uh, I got nothing to compare them to. And I said, oh, okay, really good? He goes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, a lot of guys and, 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 and physios are taught very good bedside manner. So he didn't say a lot of guys your age, but I knew that's what he meant. He said, a lot of guys, because <laughs> he's a 25 smart ass, uh, is a lot of guys get there, boom, and, it's, and that's it. 
And I'm like, really? Wow, like I'm double that, man. I'm, yeah. And then he says, okay, cool. He writes it down, his little uh, piece of paper. Then he says, um, okay, next one is we're gonna test your hamstring range of motion. Now, (laughs) I already knew where this particular test was headed because I don't got no hamstring range of motion. I said, dude, if, if, if you hear something snap, crackle and pop, that's gonna be my hamstring. Be gentle. And he's like, no, it'll be fine. You know, your hips, right? The, the hamstrings normally similar. And I said, James, not these hamstrings, <laughs> but knock yourself out. So James gets my leg, keep it straight, Mark, he says, and I got it to about 80 degrees. And then some noises happened involuntarily. And he looked at me and saw that my face was in excruciating pain <laughs> at that moment in time. And I said, can you please stop that, James? And he said, oh, is that as far as it goes? And I said, well, without cutting something, yeah. <laughs> this is it, man, this is it. And he said, well, it's not too bad. And I said, James, cut the crap. I ain't paying you top dollar to make me feel better about my dysfunction. That's what I said. I said, if something is suboptimal, I want you to get right up in my grill and tell me that it's suboptimal. I'm not here to leave the same. I'm not here, I'm not spending time, spending money. And by the way, the appointment was at 2 p.m. The temperature was 37 degrees and I rode my bike there. That was fun. Uh, Didn't see anyone else riding at that time or running or doing anything outside of air conditioning. Um, I said, I I I want you to search me. I I wanna come away from this appointment better then I entered. Oh, okay, okay, cool. He's worked for me. I'm paying the bills. You're overhead. I'm profit, okay? Understand that. That's the relationship here. <laughs> Let me put up the beginning of that prayer that David prayed. Search me, God, and know my heart. Do not pray this prayer if you want to be transformed. If you just wanna stay the same, don't pray this prayer because you're asking God to be invasive. You're asking God to to pull and poke and shred and tear and lift and, and twist and, and at the end of it, say to you, hmm, you know what? There's a couple of things that could be improved. If your picture of following Jesus is just an evacuation plan, oh, I know Jesus, I'm going to heaven. You're missing the point entirely. Jesus didn't come just to offer an evacuation plan. He came to offer a transformation plan. And this prayer is a prayer that starts by saying, God, I want you to search me because I wanna be different. I wanna be better. I wanna be more like you. Don't pray it if you wanna just be the same. See, (laughs) there's things that you are doing now, like not maybe this second in time, but in this period of your life, that you like, but God done. See, see, some sins are fun. Don't look at me like that. 
If none of your sins are fun, you are doing them wrong, okay? We can talk afterwards. I can give you some hot tips. <laughs> yeah? I mean, fun at the time, but I'm just saying. And don't pray this prayer if you just wanna kind of close a blind eye to those things and not be transformed into Jesus' image and likeness. But David was brave enough to pray this prayer. Don't pray this prayer if you can't handle the truth. Then he said to, to God, I want you to reveal my fears. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Do you know that anxiety is becoming epidemic in our Western world? You notice that? There's a lot more moving parts in, in, in the world we live in than the world our grandparents lived in at our age. A lot more moving parts, a lot more complexity, the pace seems to have quickened. We seem to be responsible for a lot more things and, and anxiety is on the rise, this fear and anxiety. And, and there's lettuce and tomato fears that really, they don't count for a lot. You know, I'm, I, I don't, I'm afraid of spiders. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Like, I don't care. Um, not, not too fond of snakes. Move to New Zealand. But, you know, problem solved. But um, uh, uh, some of your friends might find out that you actually like vanilla ices, ice, ice baby. And that terrifies you. Uh, by the way, he's coming to town. He's, coming, he's doing a concert as a part of a, a, a whole, that's true, sorry. He's here, Perth Arena. He's gonna fly from America halfway around the world to sing one song. Because <laughs> that's all he's got. Anyway, not hating on him. I love the man. I don't care if my friends find out. Uh, but but there, are, there, are, there are fears that are far more critical, far, and in fact, far more paralyzing than that. Some of you maybe have a fear of failure. And because you have a fear of, fear of failure, you stay way, 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 way back in your comfort zone and do only the things that you know how to do in your own strength, even though God might be calling you to step out of your comfort zone and do things that rely on Him. That might actually not work. Some people have a fear of failure and it's paralyzing. Some of you, maybe have a fear that you'll never get married. Some of you who are married have a fear that your marriage won't get any better. Some of you have, perhaps have a fear that you won't get a job and others have a fear that you'll lose your job or others fear that you won't lose your job and you'll be stuck in the same job that you're currently in that you hate, wondering if this is all you've been created for. Some of you worry that you won't have enough money and, and that causes you to not give and be generous and trust that God's ultimately your, your source. These sorts of fears are the sorts of fears that we need God to, to get into and to shine a spotlight on and, and, and to start getting in, involved in. And I heard it said during the week, the areas that we fear the most often point to the fact that they are areas that we trust God the least. And praying this sort of prayer invites God to help bridge the gap. Help me trust you more in my marriage. Help me trust you more in my job. Help you trust, me trust you more with my finances. And again, it's a prayer that invites transformation as we go. And then David continued by asking God to uncover his sins. See if there is any offensive way in me. Uh, back in April, 
sticking with our cycling theme, back in April, uh, Stewie the Splits Roberts, uh, who was standing here, if you haven't uh, met him and or seen his incredible splits ability, uh, Stewie the Splits Roberts and I did a, an event here in Perth called the Five Dams Challenge. It's a, it's a cycling event. You did it in pairs and you started, we started at Curtin University and around through Midland up to Mundaring and then we rode past all five dams, Mundaring, um, Churchman's Brook, Wugong, Wungong, my mum always tells me off when I pronounce that wrong, who knows, uh, uh, Canning and Serpentine and then come back down the freeway. 235 kilometre uh, uh, ride, uh, 3,000 metres of uh, cumulative climbing. So it's good, good day at the office. And um, we did that Sunday, April 3. Uh, and coincidentally, um, we, we kitted ourselves out in, in matching kit. So we looked very special. Uh, matching kit. And the kit that we got uh, uh, it was supplied to us by Foothill Cycles, official uh, bike supplier of Elevate Church. Um, <laughs> and coincidentally, this is, no, this is no joke, coincidentally, the kit that we wore uh, is, is by the same brand as my new bike, Giant. Uh, you know, name says it all. And, and the kit was their, they called it their Elevate kit. I kid you not, true story. Matching uh, top, matching shorts, and matching socks. Now, I've got a picture of the socks here. Um, these are the Elevate socks. Now, they're, they're, they're good. Uh, they're beautiful. They're, they're super comfy. Now, let me, let me show you something specifically that's important to understand about the Elevate socks. See, socks matter in cycling. Socks have a performance-enhancing benefit. It's called sock doping. So, so the socks you wear, it's a true story. You can look it up yourself. It, it's on the internet, it must be true. Uh, sock doping. So, so the choice of socks really matters if performance matters. And so, so we chose the, the, the giant, this is giant, elevate socks. Giant elevate socks. Now, now the styling, you know, your shoes kind of come to here. And then there's these three blue, elevate blue. Uh, another happy coincidence. Uh, square or strips that go up the back. Now, those strips uh, go up the middle. And so, so there's meant to be from your heel and then the three strips up the middle and then, of course, your beautifully sculpted calves pop out the top. Um, so I had my Elevate socks on. Stewie had his Elevate socks on. And we rode side by side for, for most of the day. But there was a, there was a portion um, uh, from uh, Canning Dam to the turn off to Serpentine Dam, along Albany Highway. You guys know this stretch very well, I'm sure. It is, it is perilous. Like there's this tiny little shoulder that you ride on, there's trucks flying by. So I said to Stewie, buddy, here's what, I'll ride behind you. So if a truck collects us, I'll take one for the team and it'll kill me and, and tell, my mom, tell my mom I still love her. Um, so I'm riding behind Stewie and it probably got stretched there. It was about 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And I gotta tell you, this, is, this was a can't unsee moment for me because whilst the colours on the back of Stewie's left sock went perfectly lined up with his Achilles, now that I'm riding behind him, I saw that the colours on his right sock were, were off centre. <sighs> and I didn't know what to do about that. I couldn't pull alongside him to tell him because truck. I couldn't yell instructions because we're going so fast and all you just hear is wind. 
He doesn't even know. This is breaking news for Stewie. So, so this was, see, let me go back to the prayer that, that David prayed. Just rewind that, that, that slide. Um, one, please, uh, team, go back to the previous one. See, for 30 minutes, all that needed to happen was Stewie just to, because he was unaware, even up to this very moment in time, <laughs> that, that one of his socks was, was, was impeding his performance, was, was compromising his sock doping potential. And all he needed to do was lean over his shoulder and say, Coach, Mark, can you tell me, is there any offensive way in me? And I would have said, yes, my son, your right sock, it's offending me. And we would have stopped and we would have pulled over to the gravel and I would have, I would have actually, I would, I would have, it was offensive. Stuart didn't pray that prayer, he was unaware and, 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 but, <laughs> yeah, some of you think I work for a living. No, I just sit at home and like, how can I weave stories about very unrelated subjects into biblical messages? Um, it's a gift. This is actually the problem, is there are some sins, there are some things, some of us are aware of our sins. If, if you do porn, if you do hookers, if you do cocaine, you're pretty aware that you're doing it and that's probably not God's best. But sometimes we have some things going on, particularly in David's case, he was talking about motives that we're unaware of. And so we just start, and he models this, start by saying to God, uh, just here I am. Is there anything, show me any offensive way in me. Don't pray this prayer if you love your sin more than you love God. That's why it's dangerous because He will show you and then you've got a choice to make. Obey Him and open yourself up for transformation or stiff arm Him and tell Him you're gonna carry on with the way things are right now. Now I taught uh, a message on sin. Sin is not very politically correct. Even in some churches, you, you don't really teach on sin, which is bizarre. We don't teach on it every week, but we teach on it you know, when, when, when it's appropriate. And actually, I'll just give you the um, heads up. Back in January, we uh, taught a series called God Never Said That. And uh, there was a message that I taught then called, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anybody. Well, God never said that. It's not true. And actually, uh, the message was all about sin and how sin doesn't just hurt us, doesn't just offend God, but it actually hurts the people around us. So I'd encourage you just to jump on our app, tap the God Never Said That button, you'll see week three and, and have a listen to that. But there's David praying this prayer. Show me anything that's less than, than your best. See, some of us don't pray that prayer or maybe are scared to pray that prayer because you've adapted to the things that are less than God's best. You're, you're, you're coping, but God doesn't want us just to cope. He wants us to conquer. You're, you're surviving. It's, it's become a part of who you are. It's no longer just what you do, but God doesn't want us just to survive. He ultimately wants us to thrive, to live in, in freedom. Uh, some of you uh, have confused what you do that's less than God's best 
with who you are and, 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 and you've been doing it for so long that you feel defeated and, and have given up any hope that you're gonna break free. Some of you have some recidivistic sins where, where you've experienced breakthrough and, and you've broken free with God's help in your past and, and yet for whatever reason, you've, you've returned to that and, and you're back kind of living in the same chains as you were weeks, months, years, or even decades ago. And, and I, I wanna tell you that the same power that caused you to break free in the first place is available to help you break free again. Um, here's the thing about sin. There's an expression that we use. We say somebody fell into sin. Oh, what happened to them? Fell into sin. Oh. <laughs> it's a very, very strange expression. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever heard that expression, falling into sin? Have you ever thought about it? Walking along one day, oops! Looked up, there I was, naked in a bed with someone that I'm not married to. Had that happen, fell into it. No, you don't fall into sin. Oh, I got, uh, got busted by the Australian tax office for, uh, for, 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 for cheating on my tax return. How'd that happen? Don't know, put it in the mailbox, fell in. No. Someone looks over your shoulder, sees you're on pornhub.com. Man, how'd you come to be looking at porn? Don't know. Was walking in to my bedroom. <laughs> Tripped. I do all my own stunts. That actually wasn't meant to happen either, by the way. <laughs> Tripped, just like that. Hey, mate, I'm, I'm never gonna hold back for you guys. And, and, and reached out and hit my computer, hit the, hit the space bar and boom, porn, just fell into it. No, we don't fall into sin. Mostly we slide inch by inch into sin. It starts small and then one slippery decision at a time, we find ourselves in sin. Now, this part of David's prayer, it, it, it's dangerous if you want God to show you. It's dangerous if you don't want God to confront you because he will. <laughs> but one thing that's weird to me, very weird to me, well, not entirely weird to me, is that some people don't pray this sort of prayer because they don't want God to find out some of the things they're doing that are less than His best, which is kind of weird because God's called, here's a big Bible word, omniscient. It means He's all-knowing, which means He already knows the list. He's already got the list. He, he's, he's, he knows what we're doing that's less than His best before we even ask Him to show us. He already knows. And so playing hide and seek with Him it's kind of futile because he knows where we are and he knows what we've done. But the reason that some people don't like to pray that prayer is because they have a wrong impression of what God's gonna do with that. See, some people, and maybe you've grown up in a church setting where you were taught this, I don't, I don't know, maybe, and, and this might not be true for all of you. And I hope what I'm about to say will help recalibrate some of you to true north to, about who God really is. Some of you don't pray this prayer because you're afraid God's out to get you. 
And here's what I want you to understand this morning. God is out to get you. He's out to get you. He's out to heal you. He's out to turn you around. He's out to point you in the direction of His best. He's out to get you to give you the power by His Holy Spirit to be transformed so you don't have to approach your sins and the things you're doing that are less than God's best in purely your own strength or the latest uh, Oprah's uh, favourite things book, what that says. No, He's out to get you, all right. Yeah, get you better, get you more like Jesus, get you from where you are to where you could be, get you from where you're stuck to where He created you to be. Yeah, God's out to get you, all right. But if you understand His motives, if you understand His heartbeat, then Him being out to get you is the greatest news you're ever gonna hear, not something you have to be fearful of. Capiche? All right, I'm back. I think I may have broken my thumb. I'm back, I'm back. That was a very mannequin challenge response. You get that, guys, that good stuff, everybody, yes? Oh, oh, shh, shh. Jesus is on the cross taking a nap. No, He's freaking alive! And let's make sure he's not the only one here that is. All right. Sorry, podcast listeners, I'm just bringing 100. Or as uh, some 20-somethings told me to tell you, 100. Need more coaching. Shut up. Anyway, so here's a call to action. It used to be called homework. It's so boring, homework. Call to action, 10.59. Awesome, I'm done. Here's a call to action. Two things. I want you to join me. This is an invitation. Not a, not a punishment. <laughs> Invitation. Put the next slide up. This is David's prayer again in its entirety. I wanna invite you, today's Sunday, I want to invite you starting tomorrow for, for one whole week. Whole week? Yeah, one whole week. Seven days. Seven days? It's like forever. Yeah, okay. I want you to invite you to join me in praying this prayer once a day for the next seven days. I want things to get a little dangerous. Who's in? Okay, set your reminder. I don't care where it is, when it is. You'll do ablutions once a day. Maybe that can be your trigger. I don't, don't FaceTime me if you do, but I'm just saying. Schedule a calendar reminder, whatever it, it is. Uh, you know, some of you don't need to schedule a calendar reminder to get on Facebook. So, you know, we, we do what's important to us without reminders. Fantastic, good answer. But, but remember what you're signing up for. God will probably answer this prayer and, and, and <laughs> it's dangerous. And the second thing, I'll give you a little leg up as well, is um, the Bible app. Let's, let's throw that up. Now, not the Elevate app that has the Bible, but the Bible app. It's called the Bible app. The icon looks like this on all your devices. I think they even have a Windows version for the three people that use that on the planet. Um, and uh, thank you, Gavin. I knew you'd appreciate that. Um, Gavin's one of them. Uh, his wife and one of his kids. Um, so the, the Bible app, it's free. It's priceless, but it's free. Uh, in the Bible app, many of you have it. Uh, I, I use the Bible app, um, the whole thing of plans, reading plans. Now you open the app, it's very simple. If you don't know how to work it, find a 14 year old, they'll show you. There's a thing you push and it says plans. When you get to plans, push the button. It's not really a button, you understand, that's heat sensitive, but push the button <laughs> on plans and then you can type in dangerous prayers. And automatically, it'll come up 
a, a seven-day reading plan that complements dangerous prayers over these next three weeks. I've already personally started that plan, so I'm gonna invite you to do that as well. Pray, dangerous prayer, and study God's word and allow him to reveal more of that to you. Now, last thing I'm gonna do, uh, and the most important thing I'm gonna do this morning, even more important than doing all my own stunts, is to ask you the question this morning, whether or not, like the nine kids on Friday and the 300 across our city, whether you've made a decision to follow Jesus for yourself. Not about getting into religion, not about, I come to church, but personally, have you said personally, Jesus, I wanna follow you. I wanna have a relationship with you. And if you haven't made that decision, if you haven't prayed that prayer, then I wanna give you that opportunity right here, right now. And for those of you that wanna make that decision now and say, yes, Jesus, I wanna have a relationship with you, I wanna follow you, I want you just to put your hand up and I'll see your hand, you can put it down and then we're gonna pray for you right where you're seated. So as I'm looking across our auditorium, for those of you that have not yet ever said yes to following Jesus, now's your opportunity. Put your hand up, say yes to him now and we'll pray for you right where we are.